Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful, sunny city of Angels. Man, what a great show we have planned for you today. Mike Gundy, head coach of my alma mater, his alma mater. Should be your alma mater. Oklahoma State. It's like Blitzburg. Sending dudes at Boise State, making Boise State look like a Mountain West school. First time in recent memory. Cowboys uh, moving up in the top 25. Taking on Texas Tech at home with their dominant, dominant performance over Boise State is uh, is the, one of the talks of college football. That and LSU. How about LSU? Going into Auburn, getting a win with uh, quarterback play and field goal kicking. Granted, the help 
of two 50-50 penalty calls on that last drive. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, and by the way, if you had Nebraska at 0-2 at this point in the season, I mean, one, they had a game, right, canceled. So, obviously, it's we're talking about one in a million. But if you had 0-2 for Nebraska to start out the Scott Frost era, come collect your millions of dollars in Las Vegas. Ross Tucker is going to join us, former offensive lineman, has his own podcast. It's a really good one. We'll ask him about the failings of some of these offenses and some of these defenses around the National Football League. Tony Gonzalez, Hall of Fame nominee, sure to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, the greatest tight end of all time, will join us a little bit later on the show. And so, too, will Rob Parker. we got some big news on Fox Sports Radio I want to make sure and tell you about. R.J. Bell and Jonas Knox have a one-hour gambling show, which follows mine, so it gets you ready, all the lines set for tonight's games. Every night's action right here on Fox Sports Radio at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time. After that hour, you get the Odd Couple, which had been a weekend show, is now made into five days a week. Two great guys, Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Crazy Uncle Rob Parker will join us upcoming later on the show. Get us ready for his first foray into daily radio here at Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's get to um, the NFL Sunday. And as predicted, Dan Bailey has agreed to terms with the Minnesota Vikings. I called for it 23 hours ago while watching Carlson miss two costly kicks for the Minnesota Vikings. It makes a ton of sense because, one, they'll have a chance to play for Super Bowl, two, kicking indoors, and three, I mean, like, look, the Vikings have had issues with Anderson, Walsh, and now Carlson going with Dan Bailey. As solid a dude as you'll ever find. Uh, The Cleveland Browns have signed a new kicker. It's so funny. Fans want players to have guaranteed contracts. Except the kicker. Cut that dude and stop his payment immediately. I'm not going to mention the dude who quit at halftime for the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a mistake. Calling attention to one of the stupidest, uh, weakest moves. Least classy moves. I've seen in the history of professional sports an amateur move from a veteran. And then some statement. I don't care about your statement. You walked out on your team at halftime. What I do care about was Sunday night football. And to anyone who says, see, told you, Dak was awesome. Eh. Was he? Was he really? Dak Prescott, uh, remember, vowed challenge accepted. He picked up 72 yards passing on the first two completions and then was 14 of 23 for 87 passing yards. Eh. They got off to a hot start, and the Giants basically brought a pop gun to a gunfight. If you have friends in a long-term relationship, you will understand this reference of what the Giants did this offseason. When relationships are going bad, the last thing you want to do is have a kid. It just is. Or if you don't have a kid buying a puppy. And kids and puppies, mostly the same until, you know, they start talking and walking. And, well, they do cost a lot of money. They both give you unconditional love in return. But neither truly remake a relationship. 
When relationships are done, they're done. You move on. Now, if the fabric of the relationship was good, that's good. It can be repaired. Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. What did they do? They refined the fundamentals of the relationship. They went out and got him Leonard Fournette, who we didn't need yesterday, and established, hey, you've been taught to play quarterback the wrong way. We gave you too much too soon. And because Blake Bortles was still in the beginning stage of his career, the Blake Bortles metamorphosis is a lot like what we saw from Alex Smith with the 49ers. Right? Alex Smith, like, seven coordinators in seven years and was a huge bust. And then finally they reestablished the fundamentals of that relationship. They started running the football and that relationship could be saved. But that's not what the, that's not what the New York giants tried to do. The New York giants went and got a bright, shiny object. They went out and tried to fix this thing with a puppy or with a kid. And it's not fixable. You got Saquon Barkley. <laughs> you got Sterling Shepard. You even gave more money to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, hey, this is the, what, third offensive coordinator in three and a half years for Eli Manning. You've tried to fix everything. Evan Ingram, you got star pass catching tight end, star wide receiver, uh, a very solid younger second receiver, and you threw the ball to Saquon Barkley 14 times because whether it's the offensive line or Eli Manning, you couldn't protect him for long enough or try not to be able to throw the football downfield. Dink and dunk, 14 catches, 80 yards. My goodness, check down Charlie is now Eli Manning. The New York Giants' previous GM, previous head coach, previous offensive coordinator, previous quarterback coach, all told you the same thing. We got to be looking for a replacement for Eli Manning because this relationship has run its course. That's why they fired up Geno Smith and we're getting ready to take a look at Davis Webb. And then the new guy came in, Dave Gettleman, and puffed out his chest and said, we can fix it. Let's have a baby. Saquon Barkley. Let's get a left tackle. Move the right ta- left tackle to right tackle. Yeah, and we're done. Huh? All fixed. And like, yeah, Eli Manning has only won playoff games in two different years in his career. You guys aware of that? There's only two years in which Eli Manning has won a playoff game. Those are the two Super Bowl winning years. If they get if he wins a playoff game, they got a chance. I'm not putting all the blame on Eli, but what's amazing about it, and I'll I'll even um, I'll even point out um, what's maybe the most untold part of this story is that the New York Giants could have stuck a stake in the heart of the New York Jets, who moved mountains, traded three second-round picks, swapped first-round picks to move up for a spot behind the Giants. They didn't do it, and by not doing it. It reinvigorated the Jets for the next 10 years. And it made the Giants now desperate for us for a quick fix in the upcoming offseason for the quarterback situation. How many times do you have to see the Giants play to realize 
that if you change wide receivers and tight ends and offensive linemen and running backs and coaches and offensive coordinators, that maybe they aren't, in fact, the problem. This does not mean Eli Manning hasn't had a tremendous career. It doesn't mean that those two Super Bowl wins weren't fantastic. It should be pointed out that since 2009, okay, so we're talking the last nine seasons plus this year, so it would be 10 seasons, they have made the playoffs exactly two times. The handwriting isn't on the wall. There's graffiti on the wall. It was over. You guys weren't even talking to each other at dinner. Right? She was picking out apartments. He was looking at, do I do a divorce attorney? Do we have somebody come in and arbitrate? How do we do this? And then all of a sudden she goes, hmm, I'm pregnant. And they tried to save the relationship. Better off dual parenting, man. Better off dual parenting. Eli goes into retirement, maybe into the booth, starts cutting silly ads with his brother, maybe goes into a front office somewhere, kick him upstairs. But no, let's go have another kid, start all over from scratch, and it's painful to watch. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, a ton to talk about in the National Football League. Um, you got um, <laughs> you got football guys like, oh, we, we shouldn't have ties. We used to not have overtime. We used to not have overtime, and many stadiums, in college football and even in baseball didn't have lights like ties are important and they're a good thing. I'll tell you why later on the show, but coming up next, uh, Oklahoma state lost their most productive quarterback ever. One of their most productive wide receivers ever several important pieces on the defensive line and the defensive backfield. Heck, even their number two wide receiver also gone to graduation. And here they are undefeated after taking down Boise State in essentially a pick'em game. Where did the pundits all go wrong? Mike Gundy, who apparently likes a little vodka in his smoothies post-game, hey, by his own admission. He'll join us upcoming next. But first, there are job sites that make you wait for the right candidates to apply for your job. That's not smart. You know what else is not smart? Making the lottery the centerpiece of your retirement. But you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter dot com slash Doug to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes and identifies people with the right skills, education, experience for your job, actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is ranked number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from a hiring site called Trustpilot. It's got over a thousand reviews. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. Remember, it's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. Smart is using ZipRecruiter. It finds the candidates, the perfect candidates for your job, and then invites them to apply for your job. How smart is that? It's ZipRecruiter smart. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive, and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. 
Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I was uh, looking back at uh, some predictions for the college football season. Sports Illustrated, favoring the Big 12 Oklahoma, TCU West Virginia, most likely to be challengers. And I I didn't see anyone mentioning Oklahoma State. There's a lot of questions. Uh, You replaced Mason Rudolph, who's the most statistically successful quarterback in program history. And, you know, you lose your, your wide receiver one, wide receiver two, some pieces on defense. And, and there were thoughts that this could be a rebuilding year in Stillwater, Oklahoma, even with the talented trio of running backs that Mike Gundy has. So far, if this is a rebuilding year, wow, that's a program, right? That's the whole, the whole secret to college football is, even a re- quote-unquote rebuilding year, you can win double-digit games. You have yourself a, a long-term sustainable program, which is what Mike Gundy has built. And they thumped, I mean thumped, Boise State over the weekend to move to 3-0 and in the season, ranked number 15 in the AP poll. And the head coach of the Cowboys joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Co- coach, um, how close to how you thought the game would go did it? I would like to say um, real close, but I, I didn't. I didn't think that we could slow the running game down as much as we did. I was really concerned about their ability to rush the football. They they have essentially everybody back on offense, and they're really good run blockers. That shocked me. I think one point one yard per carry uh, uh, they had rushing the ball. And they get rid of the ball so fast. Rippon does a nice job of getting the ball out. They're a, kind of a West Coast-style offense when, in their throwing game. And we had seven sacks and hitting, I think, 10 times. That surprised me. I did not expect that from our defense. Special teams-wise, we had a pretty good feel for an opportunity to block a punt, but that can change drastically on game day. Essentially, all they have to do is alter their protection and then your reps during the week are kind of out the window. That's just kind of a risk-reward that you put into it. Fortunately right. for us, it worked. And then offensively, uh, we, we did not run the ball effectively in the first half with our tailbacks. We did in the second half. We made some adjustments in our schemes, and we ran the ball more effectively. And then um, the quarterback, uh, Taylor Cornelius, and our quarterback was able to rush the football effectively in the first half when we couldn't for our tailback. So, um, it was a little different than what I expected. We, we held some things back scheme-wise. They held some things back. There was a lot of adjustments that had to be made on both coaching staffs, and I thought our guys did a really nice job. Um, our players competed and took care of the football, didn't make a lot of dumb mistakes, and we put the ball. We forced them to put the ball on the ground five times. Now, they got some of those, most of those back, but the ball was still on the ground. I think that benefited our team. All right, there's a bunch of stuff to get get in there. Let's let's start with the two that you blocked two punts uh, that that you know one you you return for a touchdown, the other one essentially becomes a touchdown shortly there there afterwards. Um, you mentioned you saw something in their protection. It was mentioned in the TV broadcast that it was the amount of time it took them to get rid of the football. Like, is this you guys are sitting there watching on tape? They're like, are you kidding me? We got to what what. What's what is what's the adjustment that's made when you see on tape how long it took them to get rid of the football? They were, in our opinion, they were a little slow, um, but we just didn't feel like that um, that their shield could hold up if we pressured it with with four to five guys. But then you also have to be able to crease them up front to get through there, 
And um, we have two guys that work special teams um, on our staff, Cashmore and, and MK, and, and they had a really good plan. The, the players bought into it, and, and it all fell into place on Saturday. The first block punt, the snap was a little low, so it actually added more time on the battery. And when we got there, it, we almost caught it off his foot. <laughs> and and uh, so that worked really good for us. Uh, and then the second time, um, we, we, you know, you kind of always say, hey, you know, if you do it once, um, you need to make sure that that correction has been made. So we said, let's roll again. The battery was actually, the time of the battery, the snapper, hold, the snapper and punter was actually a little better. But um, we had a true freshman that, um, that came off the edge and took a really, really good angle and took the ball right off his foot. So that one was just really good execution on our part. And, and Doug, that changed the changed game, the game completely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the, the momentum was huge, and that just changed the game. Yeah. And, and the, the, the other part, you mentioned Taylor Cornelius, who sat there for four years. And by, by the way, you call him Corndog. Does he like the nickname Corndog? You know, he doesn't say anything. I give him a hard time um, a lot. He doesn't talk much. He's he's very um, salt of the earth, small town, West Texas, and and uh, I I uh, you know I tell the the media I I call him Corn Dog and make jokes about him getting a discount at Denny's and all that because he's been around here forever. And, and but but he knows that he's special as he always had been, just in his his willingness to stay and be in the program and. We're, we're thrilled that he's having success and he's earned it all. Yeah, uh, and, and he's he's good with it. All right, uh, he's he's six six two thirty two, and you mentioned he's basically become your JW. You use him like JW Walsh, right? All of a sudden, you start going eleven on eleven in in that in that second quarter. Now he's not fleet of foot, but is that all? All it simply is is hey, if we use the quarterback to run it, we get eleven on eleven, and that's where the mismatch was. All right, we we. We, we lost him. We'll get him back. Might have been a thunderstorm in Oklahoma. It, you, just so you know, Taylor Cornelius is a huge dude with a big, big arm. And in the first half, he ends up running, running the football and really changing the game. Here's what we'll do. Let's let's we can we get to Dan Byer. Let's get to Dan Byer. We'll go back, bring back in Mike Gundy in a second. What do you got, Dan? Just a couple of notes, Doug. NFL Network reporting that the Browns, while not official, they are close to trading wide receiver Josh Gordon to the New England Patriots. Of course, he was over the weekend. John Dorsey released a statement saying that they were going to let Gordon go, but the NFL Network says that a trade to the Patriots could be coming soon. Eagles activated quarterback Carson Wentz. He'll start week three against the Colts. Vikings released kicker Daniel Carlson. They're going to bring in former Cowboys kicker Dan Bailey for a physical and likely replace him. Seahawks and Bears tonight, 8-15 Eastern time to wrap up week two in the NFL, Doug. Wow, so Josh Gordon, is he going to become a Patriot? Close to. That's the report. About eight to ten teams, ESPN said, contacted the Browns, NFL Network saying that a deal is close with New England, but nothing official yet. Nothing official. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Dan. Also got a huge series in Major League Baseball getting ready to get underway. Chavez Ravine, Rockies, Dodgers. Dodgers trying to win the NLS for a sixth consecutive time. Mike Gundy there. Coach Gundy is there. Coach, so uh, I, I mentioned J.W. Walsh. For people who don't know, a couple years ago, you used your backup quarterback to come in and be a, be a running threat. In this case, Taylor Cornelius is 6'6", 232. I don't feel like he's fleet afoot. And yet, that's the other part that changed the game. Two block punts and using your quarterback in 11-on-11 football, was that a reaction to what you saw defensively, or is that part of the game plan? We, we had some quarterback run built for this game. We, we hadn't run it earlier in the season because we didn't need it. 
Um, it was more uh, pre-designed quarterback run than what we're comfortable with. Um, uh, Taylor is too important to us um, to get hit, but we were struggling running the football in the first half with our, our tailbacks. We weren't effective up front again, and so we had to go to what we, did, we needed to, to to be effective. And then once we started running the tailback better in the second half, then we were able to back off a little bit with the quarterback. But those were all schemes that were put in, you know, a month ago and, and went, had some preparation prior to this game. You added a new defense coordinator, Jim Knowles, in the offseason. And when you joined us before the season began, you know, look, he has a reputation as a guy who pressures more. The problem with college offenses is usually when you pressure more, man, you leave your back end open and they get rid of it so quick. How was your defense able to get home so often? Because – I mean, look, they got it. it's not just they have a good quarterback in Rippon, but he's experienced as well. You would have thought he was able to – would they be able to pick up some of that blitz, and he couldn't. He, he, was, he was seeing shadows there in the second half. How did the defense get home so often? They, they did a nice job of covering down more as the game went on. They hit us on six or eight throws early in the game, went right down the field on us. Uh, we hadn't had a lot of reps on some of the stuff they, they were showing. They did the same thing we did. They held a lot back offensively. Then we, do, we, we did a better job of, of uh, squeezing down and, and not giving them space with the throws with the wide receivers. And when he was holding the ball a little bit, we were getting to him. And, and I think that uh, 94, Brailford, and Bundage, um, I think those guys are really good pass rushers. Um, they, were, they were pushing hard and, and getting around the corner, and I think that created some issues. You, you know, you do have to give him a little credit. I mean, he, he got hit 14 times, went down seven, and was still playing hard in the end, and that's not easy to do at that position because, in my opinion, he was under a lot of pressure throughout the second, third, and fourth quarter. In anybody's opinion, I'm watching at home. Like, dude, how, is that, how is that guy still standing? That's um, right. Is it, is it any more rewarding this year? Last year, obviously, you have – senior-laden, stud-talented quarterback, experience all over the place. You win 10 games, you win the bowl game, you beat Virginia Tech, but still there was a sense of, man, we left a couple on the field that we could have had. Sure. Um, this year, there weren't the ex- there haven't been the expectations, and yet so far you've probably exceeded whatever a reasonable expectation is to this point. Is it more fun, same? What's it like from your perspective? It's a lot of fun, and I, and I say this, and you, you've been in, involved with athletics all of your life, and people that are involved with athletics, whether you're playing or coaching, you know that we, we always hate to lose great players. We hated to lose Whedon's class and hated to lose Zach Robinson, and we, we hated to lose um, uh, Mason and, and so on and so forth, but it's intriguing and fun to find a way to be successful with a new group of players. And as you mentioned earlier, um, in the uh, in the warm up before I before I came on with you just now, the the enjoyable part for me is we now have a culture in place where we can take young players that don't have experience and fit them into roles, and then it's our job as coaches to do what's best for each particular player, and then the offense or defense or special teams, and and you know from being in in basketball, so maybe you be, maybe you can run a little bit, maybe you need to play defense, maybe you need to slow it down, get the ball inside, whatever. It's the same thing in football. We have to do what benefits our players, not what we think we know as coaches. And that's the fun part when you get a new group of guys like we have on the team this year. You, you and I have talked about uh, Mike Gundy, head coach of Oklahoma State, joining us ranked 15th in the country, 3-0 in the season, dominating performance over Boise State at home. they got Texas Tech this upcoming weekend. We've talked about how you've, you've, you've changed, you have to change in order to win in the league, right? The league is so pass-heavy in the past. 
you have to. And I think everyone's reasonable in understanding that that up front, those defensive linemen, especially in the SEC, makes that league a hard one, hard one to beat when you cross over against against that conference. Um, but this past weekend, I mean, so far it's been a pretty good start for the league, right? You guys beat Boise. We saw West Virginia early in the year. Oklahoma, not as difficult to schedule as the past, but undefeated. TCU uh, lost to Ohio State, but showed themselves athletically to to be able to match up to Ohio State. And then you you look around, the Pac-12 is kind of a disaster. Uh, the Big Ten uh, is scuttling, with the exception of Ohio State. Is it are, are you okay putting the Big 12 in that second-best conference discussion? How would you evaluate, again, three weeks in, the Big 12 in the grand scheme of college football? I think so. If you if you come up with a formula based on the total number of your teams, um, for you know lack of a better term, per capita maybe by team, I think that we're getting to that point this year. Nobody knew a lot about um, Oklahoma with their quarterback. People don't know a lot about us with our quarterback. Um, I, I haven't seen the the quarterback at Oklahoma play, but I've only heard and looked at his numbers, so he must be playing fantastic. And and um, Corn Dog is getting better for us each week. TCU is uh, one of those programs that you can put into the category that really, with us and the standpoint, every year they'll have some some uh, they'll lose some players, but but Gary does a great job and statistically and they compete. They're going to be right there. Uh, Iowa State continues to get better, and and then you know the other schools. West Virginia, I think, is a really good team this year. Looking at them from a distance, and Texas must have played much 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 better. Yeah. Because FC, whether you know whether you like it or not, they're pretty athletic. I don't, I don't ever watch them play, but I'm just assuming they've got skill. And because of that, Texas must be playing better. So I, I think that we're deserving to say that we're to a point where we're close to getting to where um, we we can notch right into that second slot based on what's happened across the country. All right. So uh, the the big question I had want to have you on for is two weeks ago post game press conference. You're having a smoothie. Someone left you a smoothie. And you you said it would be better if there was. Did you say it would be better if there was vodka in it, or you said somebody already added vodka to it? Which was it? Well, I said after these games, yeah. it would be better if they throw a little vodka in my smoothie, because I know there was a a guy that used to coach a long time ago that I was told uh, that would use the term at times an old ball coach, and I don't know this to be true because I didn't work for him. That sometimes he would fire up a drink after a game and he would change it out in a coke in a in a soft drink can. Yeah. And so I did not get any in there, but if somebody would have deposited a little bit in there, I'd have started up and it made my day a little better. <laughs> um, you're going to have to hydrate pregame, not with vodka, because you got tech coming to town. Sure. These these games last a ridiculous amount of time, and mm-hmm. and you know their freshman quarterback threw for what was it, 605 yards, five touchdowns, sure. no interceptions against Houston. Um, how much does it change when you have a short week to prep? And you have a game that's going to last as long as a tech game lasts. Well, we have to be intelligent in how we handle the players. Uh, there, there's going to, there could very well be 300 plays in this game when you when you add special teams into it. So there'll, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of juice burned in the game. And as of last week, um, you know they played Lamar and, and blew their doors off. And so you know I don't know how good Lamar is. Haven't seen him play, but but they still ran the ran the numbers up big time. And then this week they played Houston. Houston just beat Arizona. Right. And and they 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 run up you know 680 something yards of offense. So and he's doing it with a young quarterback. And you know they're really good on offense. They're they're good with their schemes. Um, defensively, all their schemes are the same. So every year we've played them for the last 
10 or 12 years, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth the price of admission, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. um, and so it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm excited about putting a plan together, excited about seeing how our defense can take on this team, which is a much, much different approach than what we took on last Saturday. By the way, uh, you were right in Mahomes. I asked you to give me a quarterback from the Big 12 that you thought could, could play in the, outside of the Big 12 in the National Football League, and Mahomes is lighting the world on fire. Special. I, I, I talk about him a lot, and the year they had the draft, I think I told you that I, I said I told uh, my boys at the house, I said, this, this guy here, he's a whole different cat. And, and, and I think he's going to play for a long time. There's just not many people that can stand flat-footed and back up and flip a ball from their hip and throw it 50 yards, and he can do that. And he's accurate and he's tough, so he's a good one. Um, have you gotten used to the 110-foot video board yet? It's awesome, Doug. You you you've got to see it live. I know you get here once in a while, dude. It is so awesome, and and it's so cool for for Oklahoma State University. Uh, and and when you look at the video board in proximity to the stadium, you know it's only I guess maybe thirty feet from the end zone. There's no bigger system in the country. I don't know who they said six schools got a bigger video board, but they're nowhere close. They're probably three, four, five hundred feet away from the field. Uh, so, I mean, it's just like your man cave that you sit and watch our games. It's yeah. just like being there. And the quality is unbelievable. Yeah. So it's the coolest thing ever. We were lucky that Gary and Claudia, uh, Claudia Humphreys put the money together to give it to us. But it's the final touch on this stadium. I mean, we don't need anything else. I mean, it's the best. We, we can put 60 in here. It's full. The fans can touch the players just like they do in basketball. And now we got the huge, I call it a TV. It's not even like a jumbotron. It's like a huge TV in the end zone. Great stuff. Congrats on the win. Your team was really, really impressive in a different way than you guys have been impressive in the past, which obviously shows what you're talking about, the program that you built. Congratulations. We'll talk soon. Okay, Doug. Big fan, man. I'll listen to the show in the evening. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Mike Gundy joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, I, he he joked around about these smoothies. Local, he's like, "Hey man, somebody should put some vodka in here." Don't worry, I get a ride at home. And now all of a sudden, if you watch like post game, all the Oklahoma State broadcasters they'll be sipping on a smoothie and and tweeting about it. What? Fascinating to see if you missed this weekend in college football. The quick rundown was LSU looks resume wise best resume in the country. Bama, Georgia and Ohio State are not only the three best schools, they're three loaded teams with legit quarterbacks. That's the difference. If you ever ask yourself, hey, what would Alabama look like if they had a legit elite-level quarterback? Tua is the answer. And you got Fromm at Georgia, and and have you seen Haskins at Ohio State? He is he's big time. And so I do think there's a gap between those three and everybody else, but they're all going to fight over that four spot, meaning the winner of the Big 12, maybe a Michigan um, or a Clemson who they survived. They survived A&M last week, but haven't, didn't, don't, they don't look like the dominant team that people think the others are, although their schedule going to A&M is a, always a war. All right, let's get back to the NFL. Guess who's back? Carson's back. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? I'll tell you next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out. Joe Platt joins the show. Fox League college football analyst. I just wonder about TCU that hasn't had great quarterback play the last couple of years, but does seem like they feel like they're back among the elite in the Big 12. Are they? I think Ohio State is unbelievable. Doug, I think this is the week that they go out there and beat TCU handily 
and everyone around the country is going to be like, oh, okay, so they're the team that could potentially upset Alabama or they're the team that could potentially throw a wrench in this whole playoff thing. That was Joel Klatt last week on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Barring up to $40,000 to pay off a high-interest debt or ta- or credit cards, go to LendingClub.com. Go to LendingClub.com slash playbook today. Check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash playbook. All loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Beyer, welcome back. Yeoman's work, filling in three to five last week with Ephraim Salam. Now back on the Doug Gottlieb Show and, of course, in the Fantasy Show on Sundays here on Fox Sports Radio. What do you got for me? Well, it lasted longer than the Magic Johnson Show. I would say that uh, the five days we had. Today we have got Doug. Big deal, little deal, no deal. I think the Magic Johnson Show lasted longer. Oh, well, whatever. They did. The Magic Hour? It did go long enough to have two, like, co-hosts with him. That is true. Um, but the magic I, hour. I will I'll, say that I'll, I'll we look were, up. I'll, I'll look up how long that lasted. <laughs> Ooh, the magic hour. I do lasted, think we were more in t- entertaining though. It was from June to September, all 1988. All right. <laughs> all right. There we go. All right. Made uh, close, but no cigar. All right. It had a lot of episodes. Yay! But they went through two sidekicks with them, right? Craig Shoemaker was one, and then they had another one. Uh, anyway, big deal, little deal or no deal, Doug, that the Eagles are getting Carson Wentz back as their starting quarterback for week three's matchup this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. I, 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 one of the reasons was I four and one of my, my NFL picks, I believe four and one of my NFL picks. Cause I picked the Niners. Um, and they did not cover, um, one of the reasons I picked, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons I picked Tampa to win that game, but a big reason was. QB2 is much different than QB1, especially when it's Carson Wentz, who was coming off what would have been an MVP season. He is that good. He is that important. And look, Nick Foles is just has not shown himself to be the guy consistently who played as well as he did in the uh, NFC Championship game or Super Bowl. So I think that's a big deal. Big deal, little deal, or no deal, Doug, at a response to a tweet saying he wouldn't put up similar numbers on another team. Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown tweeted, quote, Trade me, let's find out, end quote. Wow. Um, yeah. Talk about some dysfunction. There's definitely some dysfunction working in the National Football League with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, crazy, crazy amount of dysfunction. No Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Something is amiss with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that a big deal? That's a big deal. That's, That's a, a huge, huge deal. Huge Here, deal. Here's my thing with Antonio Brown as well, and it's uh, there's a little Draymond Green to it, but not completely. But the point is, Doug, he's getting mad. Like, remember last year he had the sideline tirade in a game against the Ravens. They won by like 17 points that game. Like, like, like I don't think he's mad because they aren't winning. He's mad that he's just not getting his. And I think that that, yeah, that makes it a really big deal. Hmm. Um. I think it's a really big deal. When you start going on Twitter and saying, why don't you trade me? In f-? Like, what are you doing? Well, first of all, here's a big thing for people on social media. Don't punch down. Right? Just don't punch down. And for Antonio Brown to even engage with a normal fan, that's punching down. Secondly, you're coming off of a loss to which your defense can't stop anybody. And the offense is still a little bit dysfunctional. I mean... There's no other way to perceive this other than Antonio Brown is not happy and you don't ever voice your unhappy. There's there's something more that goes with that big paycheck than just that than just 
scoring touchdowns. You, no one else does this for a reason, and this is not not going to go over well in their locker room. A big deal, little deal, or no deal, just to wrap up with the NFL, that Vontae Davis retired at halftime yesterday. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? I do think that's a big deal. I think that's a massive, massive deal. Um, he's going to have to give back a bunch of money. Remember, I had a signing bonus. I think it's $1.5 million for this year. I think it was $3.5 million overall. I don't know how much he's going to have to give back. But this is one of those deals to which, in the heat of the moment, you may have thought this was the thing to do, right? I'm already, I'm, I'm hurting my team. Take me. It's one thing to say, take me out. It's another thing to get dressed and walk out of the stadium. Like, yeah, I left on my own terms. Yeah, but n- now no one in football is going to hire you. Vontae Davis was a good player, a really good player. And to end it this way, I think hurts all of your post-football career ambitions. I really do. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that Urban Meyer continues to say that he didn't turn his back on domestic violence and only apologizes for giving Zach Smith second and third chances as a coach. This dug Urban Meyer earlier today as he was reinstated after his three-game ban. My apology is not for turning back to domestic violence. I just want to be so clear with that. The report clearly states that. If I was ever aware or made aware or told that there was domestic violence taking place, I would have fired him immediately. Urban today. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious that Urban Meyer doesn't think that domestic violence occurred. That, that's that's what I, every time I've heard them speak, that's what I believe. Uh, that's what I believe they've said. And um, that's really therein lies the break between, I think, the media and the reality by which Ohio State is operating. Ohio State is operating in the world to which there were never any charges levied at Ohio State. And of all the times we call police and all the text messages, uh, the police investigated and there was there was no interaction from Urban Meyer. And I think smartly so, right? Because the moment, even if you just want to get the truth, the moment Urban Meyer picks up the phone, everybody freaks out. Urban Meyer's trying to shut this thing down. So he didn't do anything. And I think Ohio State is operating in the, hey, look, if domestic violence occurred, we're going to get, you know, we would have fired him. But there was never any charges, so we're we're kind of handcuffed by due process, if you will. I actually think that as bad as this looks to people who assume something happens, that assumption can only be said as just that, an assumption. I got two more for you. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that Dwayne Wade announced this season will be his final one as he suits up for the Miami Heat. Uh, I think that's a big deal. That he didn't come to the Lakers to play with LeBron, that he's getting one more, that, that he's going to be the 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 legend. He's like, look, everybody's got a home. Tom Brennan told me this one time. He's, I said, uh, TB, why didn't you ever leave Vermont? You know, he's the legendary Vermont basketball coach when they beat Syracuse in the NCAA tournament. He had other opportunities. He actually then re- went and retired. So why don't you ever leave Vermont? He says, my boy, 50 states in the union. I own one of them. Right? <laughs> and and that's that's basically what it is with Dwayne Wade. There are 30 teams in the NBA, and he's the franchise guy for one of them. That's why I never leave. Do you think he's going to get a farewell tour? Do you think he'll get gifts in all of the visiting yeah. arenas? Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell whether he's overrated or underrated, which I think probably makes him correctly rated. Yeah, that's about that's about right. right. It's like it's like if you get done broadcasting a game and both people think both sides think you're a homer, you've done it perfectly. You played it right down the middle. The same thing with Dwayne Wade. 
Finally, Doug, big deal, little deal, or no deal, that a car from down the street continues to park on the street in the spot right in front of John Ramos's house. Is this a big deal? Like it's a it's a few houses down, but John's got a street spot right in front of his house that keeps on being taken by another car. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Mm, that's that that feels like a big deal. Yeah, I think so too. I agree. That's game, the unwritten huh? rule. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Ramos, I want to point out, uh, football career has taken a turn. Football coaching career has taken a turn for the better. Got Very our nice. first, got our first dub of the season. How the OC go? Um, yeah, I mean, like play calling was was completely different. Um, all kids are happy anytime we won, anytime you win. I will point out the Kingsley a girl who had plays center. Some she had some huge catches for us, including the game. Ceiling touchdown. There we go. Game ceiling touchdown. Young Hayes, Gottlieb, bunch of catches. Everyone's included. Two on for the two passing team. the football as well. Everybody got some touches. Everybody happy. I did not coach travel baseball to curb stompings in travel baseball. I'll point, <laughs> that out. I'll point that out. Speaking of curb stomping, felt that way with the Jacksonville Jaguars, New England Patriots. Man, did the Patriots get curb stomped. But as much as I want to freak out, history tells me not to freak out. And Tom Brady. I'll prove to you why next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. (laughs) Coming to you from the beautiful city of Angels. Home of the Rams. I got to say this. Look, I got a bunch of takeaways from a long weekend watching football. Rams are really good. Like, oh, great analysis, Gottlieb. Way to go. All right. Like, they are they are uh, pronouncedly, is that is that right? Is that what I, how I want to say it? I think I want to say it that way. Pronouncedly better. Pronouncedly better than... Uh, demonstrably better than the Arizona Cardinals, for example. Like, Arizona Cardinals have David Johnson in the conversation of one of the most talented uh, running backs in the National Football League, right? Nobody has a problem with me saying that. They have Larry Fitzgerald, legendary first ballot Hall of Fame player. Anybody have an issue with that? I don't think so. Don't think so at all. And, uh, uh, hell, they got Patrick Peterson who had an interception yesterday. Like, they got some players. It was not even competitive. Like, that game felt like it. Remember R.J. Bell, who has to show after ours. Hold on. Man, I got to sneeze. That is embarrassing, Ramos. One man show cannot be sneezing. You need to learn to fill time when I'm about to sneeze. You see, you see my. I did. You hit this music plate. I'll just bring it up higher. But so R.J. Bell joined us, and he was like, "Man, 13 point line," and he's not wrong. Like, I, I'm not sure what that line had to be to get you to buy into the Cardinals, but that game was not even competitive yesterday. I don't think the Chargers played well for about two quarters, and that game wasn't really competitive. There are some. Bad football teams. Usually the league is close together. Feels like there's some really good and really bad. Now, one of those teams is hard. It's it's just hard to watch and say, okay, 
they'll compete for a Super Bowl, is the Patriots. The Patriots were dominated at, um, dominated yesterday in Jacksonville. Now, the game was super hot, and the Jaguars are playing at home, and it's week two of the season, but they, they didn't have Leonard Fournette. They didn't have their top pass-catching wide receiver. By the way, they lost their starting left tackle for the year to an ACL injury. Like, all is not perfect with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's not like they handed to T.J. Yeldon. He just ran over and threw him. Keelan Cole had seven seven catches, 116 yards, including that crazy Odell Beckham-style catch. D.D. Westbrook, kid from Oklahoma, was really good. Corey Grant, you're like, who? Yeah, exactly. Corey Grant had six catches. I mean, they're back there, and Blake Bortles is looking like Dan Marino. Shoo, 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 shoo. T.J. Yeldon only had 58 yards on 10 carries. If you take away Bortles, and Bortles had uh, a couple of big runs, like 35 yards rushing the football. You take them away, they had like 70 yards running the football. They made Bortles beat them with the pass, and he beat them with the pass. Like, oh, well, Brady probably let him up. Huh? They couldn't get Gronk going. They double-teamed Gronk all over the place. He had only two catches. James White had a bunch. I mean, Philip Dorsett, there's a reason they're going after Josh Gordon. You're like, man, you're not very good. But let history be our guide. Last year, 2-2, two and two, lost to the Chiefs at home. Beat the Texans at home, but it was 36-33. And that was, that was a Deshaun Watson who was, I mean, in the beginning of his NFL career. They did thump the Saints in New Orleans, and the Saints ended up becoming a really good team. This is a team, And then they lost to the, the Panthers, 33-30. That's a Panthers team that struggled to score, and they gave up uh, 33 points. But they ended up the regular season giving up only 18 and a half points a game, fifth in the National Football League. And look, you cut out those first four performances, first four weeks of the season, they're probably tops in the league in terms of points allowed the entire season. Go back to 2014 when they won the Super Bowl. Lost to the Dolphins out of the chute in Miami. Hot, muggy, right? Remember that one? Beat the Vikings on the road. That was the Vikings were bad that year. Beat the Raiders. Lost to the Chiefs. 2012, they won the AFC, uh, went to the AFC Championship game. That's when the Ravens went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. Beat the Titans, lost to the Cardinals at home. That was a, like a four or five win Arizona Cardinal team. Lost to those same Ravens by one point. Beat the Bills, lost to the Seahawks. Take a listen to Tom Brady after the game. We got to make improvement. I think September, October, that's what it's for. I think there's a lot of, you know, practices we need and a lot of time that we need to figure out what we do well and what we don't do so well. But you got to try to win in the meantime. Yeah. Listen, we're trying to figure out what we do well and what we don't do well. In the meantime, we'll win. But if we can win, but if not, it's more important to figure out. And by going and trading likely for Josh Gordon, that trade has not become official as of yet. But by trading for Jeff, uh, Josh Gordon, did I say Jeff Gordon is Josh Gordon. They traded for Jeff Gordon. That would have been, he's a small white wide receiver, right? Wouldn't he be? I mean, he's a NASCAR driver, retired, but anyway. He would, in a football uniform, look like a skinnier Wes Welker with better hair. All right. But trading for Josh Gordon, like, they don't have anybody who wins. And you take a Josh Gordon who you would think is on his last legs in the NFL, but still has a ton of talent. You get Julian Edelman back, 
after the fourth game of the season, you throw him in with James White and with all the rest of the pieces. Like, well, okay, well, now it would maybe come together. And then can they add a defensive playmaker or two? Anybody who can stop somebody. Yesterday was supposedly a win for the Jaguars. Man, it felt like a more of a loss for the Patriots. It was supposed to be a, see, Blake Bortles, awesome. Look, you know, any of us who questioned Blake Bortles were allowed to question Blake Bortles based upon what the Jacksonville Jaguars said last year in the AFC Championship game. Big lead, first half, they get the ball 59 seconds to go and they choose to take a knee. You got a chance to go out and get more points against a bend but don't don't break Patriot defense, and you chose not to do so. It wasn't driving rain. It wasn't 50-mile-an-hour winds. It wasn't a game in the snow. You had Blake Bortles, and you had enough talent to win your division, enough talent to get to the FC Championship game. He had just come off his best, uh, maybe best game as a pro against the Pittsburgh Steelers, playing with a lot of confidence, and you didn't have confidence in him. You can sit here and tell us that that yesterday's story was about Blake Bortles. See, no one believed in him except Jacksonville. Even Jacksonville didn't believe in him. Yesterday was about the Patriots, and they got to figure some stuff out. And by engaging in the Josh Gordon sweepstakes and likely getting Josh Gordon, they're telling you, we just don't think we have the playmakers at wide receiver. And that's something that it's been painfully obvious based upon all the movement at wide receiver. But do you notice who they haven't reached out for out to? They would rather trade for Josh Gordon than sign Des Bryant. Again, this is not the the league didn't didn't not believe in Blake Bortles. Jacksonville didn't believe in Blake Bortles. Radio Doug Gottlieb is not telling you the league believes that Des Bryant is toxic. The league is telling you that Des Bryant is toxic. When he openly opines on Twitter to line up with the New England Patriots and play football, and it costs you absolutely nothing to bring him in and take a look. Nothing. Zero. And he doesn't have any of the drug history of Josh Gordon. Any of the history of addiction. Tells you what the league thinks about him, doesn't it? Or it tells you at least what the Patriots think about him. And the Patriots are someone who they're as good as anybody has ever been off the waiver wire. But before you bail on the Patriots, let history be your guide. I, I came in fire and brimstone, wanted to tell you the Patriots were done, not because of Brady in the offseason. You know what the Patriots have become? They become the Phil Jackson Lakers. Phil Jackson Lakers. If you remember... Phil Jackson and the Lakers. They they wouldn't use training camp to get into shape. They'd use training camp to get to know each other, to teach the fundamentals and teach the offense. But they wanted he wanted Shaq to play his way into shape. He knew if he went to the whip too early that Shaq might fight back by the end of the season. And instead, like Shaq never had, he was not dominant for the most part in the regular season. He wasn't. He was dominant in the NBA Finals because he still had gas in the tank because Phil would let him ease. And they, everyone else was doing two-a-days. They did one day of practice in Hawaii. 
That's what the Lakers did in training camp with Phil Jackson. One day of training camp in Hawaii. You're like, man, Shaq looks really heavy this year. Yeah, he'll be fine by May when we need him. And that's kind of the approach that the Patriots are taking. Look, they keep cutting down on practice time and two-a-days. College kids come out, and they don't know anything about real football because everybody's just running, you know, pick-and-stick routes with spread offenses. Like, let's wait. Even Tom Brady's buying into that. We got to figure out what we're good at, and we don't know it yet. Now we know what we're not good at, which is stopping the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we're not good at winning in one-on-one. We got to go out and get some dudes. Looks like Josh Gordon is the first in the remedying of what ails the Patriots. I want to freak out, but history tells me not a good idea. 2012, they started 3-3. Three and three. They finished 12-4 and four in the AFC Championship game. 2014, they start 2-2, two 12-4, and, two, and four, it won the Super Bowl. Last year, they start 13-3, and three, lost in the Super Bowl. They gave up 37.5 points a game the first four games. They gave up 18.5 for the entire season. Let history be your guide. The Vikings and Packers played to a tie yesterday. There were some missed field goals and a controversial call. I don't think that call was all that controversial. I'll explain why next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let's check this out. Jeff Schwartz, offensive lineman in the NFL for eight years. I wish the Browns would play Baker Mayfield, but just wasting their time with Tyrod Taylor. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Just play Baker Mayfield, let him take his bumps and bruises, and move on to year two. But Tyrod Taylor playing is a waste of time. He is not the future of the franchise, and he does not play very well. Just put Baker Mayfield in and get over with. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know what the exact price you'll pay for your next car is. Visit True Car. You'll enjoy a more confident car buying experience. That was Jeff Schwartz. You know, um, there, there's been a lot of discussion as to the call yesterday in the Green Bay Packer-Minnesota Vikings game. That's when Clay Matthews um, hit Kirk Cousins and... He's not, it's not considered, the play wasn't considered driving him to the ground and using your body weight, but that's essentially the the penalty that was called. And there is a certain irony to essentially the Aaron Rodgers, Tony Romo rule, hurting the Green Bay Packers of all people. Aaron Rodgers broke his clavicle or collarbone. Which do you go with music? Do you go clavicle or you go collarbone? I think most everybody goes collarbone even though it's still a clavicle, it's the exact same thing. What should you go with? Collarbone. I do too. Does anybody go clavicle? Does anybody ever say, yeah, one time in high school I was playing football, I broke my clavicle? Not unless you have an MD at the end of your name. <laughs> it's true. Fair point. Fair point, dog. So that particular play, hitting a quarterback and driving him into the ground, as clean as it was, and Clay Matthews even afterwards said, hey, like, look, last week that was on me, but this week, this week's different. Take a listen. What a terrible call it was, but at the same time, I don't know what else to do. 
I mean, I don't know. You let me know. Let me tell me. Did I did I put pressure on him? Because I, you know, I thought I hit him within, uh, you know, his, his waist, the chest. I got my head across, put my hands down, and to call it, you know, at that point in the game, it's just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Last week, okay, you know, shame on me. But this week, I mean, that, that's unbelievable. I I don't think it was a great call, but I understand the call. Okay, I understand the call. Listen, you're just gonna football players. You know, it's I, I was driving around with my kids last week, and they were asking for ice cream, and I took them for. Have you tried this rolled ice cream thing? It's pretty good. Now, I don't understand. I mean, I I guess just the physical labor to it is why it's so expensive. You're paying for labor. But I remember my like my kids, they got a little bowl of it. It was like six bucks. It was like, really? For some ice cream? Like we can go out and buy a pint for like two ninety nine and it's delicious and we can eat on it for a month. So um I took them out for old ice cream. This was a week ago Saturday. So last that last week, they were like, But dad, dad, we haven't gotten dessert tonight. And I pulled over the car and I said, All right, here's what I want you guys to do. Repeat after me. No, I, uh, no one owes me anything. And they're like, we know one owes me anything. <laughs> like, and I don't know anything. Like, start with that on a daily basis. I, even when you're older, you need to start with that on a daily basis. The only people in football that can act like they're slightly entitled because they are, are quarterbacks. Because they are, in fact, more important. They just are. They touch the ball every play on offense. They're the, the, they're the reason that rules have changed to protect them because there's only about 25 of them in the entire world. They just are. I didn't make the rules. I didn't, I didn't make the sport how it is, but the sport has gone even more in that direction over the passing years. This is a quarterback-driven league. They changed the, you can't get hit below the knee because of Tom Brady hurt his knee. They changed this, can't land on a guy or drive him into the ground because of it ended Romo's career and basically ended the Green Bay Packers season last year. So you can sit here and go, I don't get it. Yeah, you do. Quarterback's more important than you are. Case in point, all these other guys are fighting for completely guaranteed multi-year contracts. You know who got one? Kirk Cousins got one. You know why? He plays quarterback. Was it a perfect call? No. But if you're the Green Bay Packers, you got to sit there and go like, man, I hate that call, but it's going to help us out at some point. Let's go to Dan Byer. we got breaking news in the NFL. Go ahead, Dan. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Well, the deal is reportedly done. ESPN reporting that Josh Gordon is being traded by the Cleveland Browns to the New England Patriots. Here's the compensation, Doug. Cleveland would get a fifth-round pick for Gordon. There is one stipulation. If Gordon plays in less than 10 games for New England this season, Cleveland then would send a late-round pick, a seventh-rounder, back to New England. But Josh Gordon going to the Patriots, according to reports, for a fifth-round pick. Josh Gordon, who's a sip of beer away from being out of the NFL, but a catch or two away from reinvigorating his career. This should be fascinating to watch. Patriots have done it before. We'll see if they they can do it again. And um, it is interesting that apparently what happened 
was he went to a promo, some sort of promo shoot, hurt his hamstring, and then no showed for a walkthrough and didn't tell anybody why, that he was late or why he was late. They were like, that's it, you're done. I mean, what's the point of having a zero tolerance policy if you have some tolerance? The, the crazy part about it is if you actually watch the Cleveland Browns, you're like, you know what? They're not terrible. They changed kickers out today. I would assume they're going to change quarterbacks. You know, you got Thursday night, short week. I know it's the Jets and everybody wants to see. You'll probably see Baker, I would guess, at some point later in this game if Tyrod Taylor or Tyrod Taylor, either one of them, Tyrod or Tyrod, uh, struggles. But I, I actually, like, Dorsey got a seventh-round pick for Corey Coleman, who um, the Patriots did take a look at, right? Didn't they sign him and they cut him already? That thing didn't last very long. Fire, what happened with that one? Did they sign him and then cut him? I, can't I don't know if he's been uh, been released, but I know that they signed him last week. Yeah. Maybe now he, he will be. He was inactive? Now, now he will be released, maybe. No, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think they have enough playmakers. But, I mean, the point is that Buffalo, like, look, they, they had to get rid of Coleman they didn't want, and they still got a pick for him, which I've been told one of the worst trades in the history of the NFL is what Buffalo, you know, trading for Corey Coleman after no one else wanted him. And they had to pay, they had to pay some of that dead money. There's $53 million in dead money for the Buffalo Bills this year. And now they got a seventh a fifth round pick for a super talented guy, but you know, last four years, Josh Gordon's played eleven games. Yes, Ryan Music. What is the logic on someone like the Patriots? Meaning this, like the Browns have been by him trying to get him right so that that way they can actually get something out of him for what we all know years you know a few seasons ago he was actually good but if the Browns the team who have endured all of this have been like you know what it's officially too much we don't want to do it anymore what is the logic behind another team in the NFL going you know what we'll take a chance on it when it's proved that it doesn't seem to work like I hope for the best for Josh Gordon but like the track record shows, it's probably not really worth it. Um, yeah, unless you're the Patriots and you need a playmaker, and he doesn't have. Remember, look, Dorsey. He's not a Dorsey guy. He's just not. He's not a Dorsey guy. Dorsey did not draft him. Dorsey, like Dorsey, inherited that mess. So he's not a he's not a Dorsey guy at all. Um, that's part of it. Secondly, as much as he has some equity in Cleveland because of his one great season, he's got only negative equity currently with this team, right? John Dorsey takes over the team, and he comes back, and he's like, I'm clean. Okay, then first day of camp, he's like, I got to go back into rehab. I'm still not right. Then he finally gets back with the team. They're like, all right, dude, one more chance. And then he shows up, does no shows for a workout and has to pull the hamstring. They were like, enough is enough. It's you had to pay something for him in a fifth round pick. It's worth the, I think it's worth the risk for the Patriots. Because as we said, the Patriots have established yesterday we don't have playmakers that can win, and Josh Gordon can win. So why? You know, I don't think the Arizona Cardinals don't need to do it because they're nowhere near winning. The Cowboys could use him, but do you want him around that culture? Mm. Ryan, do you want you know, the Dallas Cowboys, you're, whereas the Patriots have had other guys that have had trouble elsewhere and they figured out a way to make it work. It's just about football there. 
So does it? Do I think every team should take a shot at Josh Gordon? No. But I mean, fifth round pick, sixth round pick, seventh round pick doesn't really matter. And here's if you look at the terms of that deal, if it works, if he plays ten games, it's a fifth round pick, and it's totally worth it. If it doesn't, it's a seventh round pick. Fine. Doesn't really matter to us. Here you go. Have it. So I think it's smartly structured and really pro-Patriots in the deal. I guess for me, when I look at it, it just looks like one of those bets where it's like, oh, the Browns are plus 10,000 to win the Super Bowl. If I just put five bucks on it, then I could win a lot of money. But it's like, well, yeah, but that's probably not going to happen. So you're essentially just giving away five dollars. Like, that's how I look at this Josh Gordon situation. That's how now. I look at roulette, though. And you guys, t- I've had people tell me, like, oh, I go bet on, I go gamble roulette. Like, I look at, oh, man, that's risky. I don't understand why people play roulette. But other guys be like, yeah, roulette is awesome. Go play roulette. Ramos, you play roulette? I did, but I've, I've kind of switched over to craps now. I'm really enjoying craps. Do you understand all the rules of craps? Enough to... To play, but that, you're that's a no. <laughs> if that means, by anything. the way, that is a no. <laughs> that is a no. It's fun though, Doug. I mean, you've played, I'm sure. So winning you know. is yeah. winning is fun, yes. But when you lose, you're like, wait, why did I lose? And somebody <laughs> goes, I mean, what? You don't know the rules? Like, no, no, no. I I know the rules. <laughs> Let's get to Dan Byer with uh, the rest of what's going on in sports. If you just tuned in in the last five minutes, you should know this. Josh Gordon traded by the Browns to the New England Patriots as ESPN reports that Gordon will be dealt for a fifth-round pick, but there's one stipulation. He's going to have to play in at least 10 games for the Patriots this regular season. Otherwise, Cleveland then would have to send over a late-round pick, likely a seventh-round pick, to the Patriots. But Josh Gordon goes to New England for a fifth-rounder. The Eagles have activated quarterback Carson Wentz. He'll start in Week Three's matchup against the Colts. Eagles wide receiver Mike Wallace expected to miss the rest of the season with an ankle injury. As for the Buccaneers quarterbacking situation, head coach Dirk Cutter wouldn't comment on whether Jameis Winston would be the starting quarterback when he returns from suspension in Week 4. Buccaneers are 2-0 under Ryan Fitzpatrick, have the Steelers coming up a week from tonight. Tonight in Chicago, Seahawks and Bears, 8-15 Eastern time. They wrap up week two. Browns are signing kicker Greg Joseph. His current kicker, Zane Gonzalez, is dealing with a groin injury. And the Vikings today release kicker Daniel Carlson less than a day after going 0-3 at field goal attempts in their tie against the Packers. When asked today why they released Carlson, head coach Mike Zimmer responded, Did you watch the game? The Vikings, by the way, bringing in kicker Dan Bailey for a physical, likely to sign the veteran and former Cowboy to replace Carlson. I've got a rule for kickers, Doug. Yeah. Got to be born before 1992. Uh, So you got to be older than 20. Got to be an older guy. Yeah, take your lump somewhere else. But, uh, you know, taking a chance on these young kickers just hasn't been paying off. Well, this is what an NFL executive told me that kickers it's usually the second or sometimes third time around that that they figure that they they calm down they figure it out they understand it do do stats line up with that like do all i mean justin tucker was good right out right away wasn't yeah. he yeah i you think know, dan I, bailey was great up until last year and he have, he had an injury and obviously now dan bailey uh appears to be on the verge of signing with the minnesota vikings which makes a a, a ton a ton of sense so i mean I don't know. Like, let, let's look at field goal kicking right now. Uh, Green Bay was six of seven. Mason Crosby, he's older. 
Who's the kicker for the Niners? Any any idea? Robbie what? Gold. Robbie Gold. He's I mean he's been several times already. He was a, famously made it with the Bears, but that was actually after he was working a construction job, wasn't it? Um, Cincinnati. He's four for four. Who's the kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals? Um, let me see here. Was Is it that, Bullock? No. No, no. it's Randy it? Bullock. Yeah, Randy yeah. Bullock. Okay. Randy Bullock, another an A and M guy. Uh, so yeah, the older guys so far are doing really well. The point, just yeah, let him take his lumps somewhere else, and then, then bring him in. Yeah, I mean, look, Goskowski was really good, right? That the Patriots were his first team, weren't they? Yeah, I believe so, because he replaced Vinatieri. Have you guys seen the story out of um, LSU? Do you guys know the story at all with their kicker? No. The, their kicker went to Assumption College. It's in Massachusetts. He was like the most decorated. Division two, Division three, kicker, and you know he 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 didn't win them the Miami game, but I think he kicked a fifty-four yarder against Miami, and then he just won them the Auburn game on the road in Auburn, Alabama. He kicked a I'm going to say a forty-two yard field goal. His name's Cole Tracy. Anyway, Cole Tracy's a graduate transfer from Assumption College, like D three, three years. Great kicker, graduates on time, comes to LSU. He's originally from, I think, Camarillo, which is, it's the, if you're going from Los Angeles to Santa Barbara, you come like over a hill and you go down and there's all, all of a sudden, it used to be at least, all of these orange groves and agriculture in between kind of the valley and, and Santa Barbara. It's a really pretty town called Camarillo. That's where he's from. Um, yeah, he's had a, he's had an unbelievable year. But this is a guy that was like a completely unknown to mainstream America kicker. And now with that type of leg, he might be drafting the NFL. And of course, the Rams, who have Greg the leg, he ended up getting hurt. How bad's that injury, Ramos? I don't I know it's a strained groin, right? So he was definitely ruled out yesterday. Heckler came in to kick some extra PATs and a field goal, I believe he kicked as yes, well. But but Hecker um struggled last year in trying to fill in as well when Greg the leg got hurt. And that's why they went for a couple of two point conversions in that game as well. So mm-hmm. didn't matter yesterday. Nope, it did not. I'm not sure it matters against the Chargers. Like I think the Chargers are talented. I think the Rams are that much more talented. Really do. Every day this time, we like to get to you. We have to give you something we heard earlier on on either Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports One. We call it. And now, <laughs> here's David Carr talking about his brother Derek Carr and his relationship with head coach John Gruden. His relationship with Derek is great. I think they've gotten along great ever since they came in. They've been working hard together. They show up in the morning. They have breakfast. They meet every morning. And they're going to continue to improve on offense. They're going to get better and better. On the defensive side of the ball, though, that's the concerning part. I think that's something that's just not going to go away. You traded away arguably your best player, You know, one of the best players in the league. And the last two games, trying to close out games, or especially in this last game, there's no pass rush. No, no, right? no. And those guys were playing. They're playing their heart out. They're trying to get to Case, but they just didn't have anything left. So it's not going to be a one-man show like Khalil used to be. They're going to have to do it with multiple guys, and you can't get gassed and, and run, out of, run out of the tank. Should, should be pointed out that Seth Roberts dropped a – they went for it on fourth down. He dropped a pass um, that they could have scored on. Jared Cook on the Raiders' last, last drive when they have a lead and are trying to ice the game. Jared Cook is not set up, not lined up. And so they get a false start penalty. And instead of, I think it would have been like second and three, it ends up being second and eight. And they get behind the chains. And they end up having to punt. And Case Keenum leads them on a uh, 
on a game-winning field goal. And and David Carr's not wrong. The defense isn't good, but they knew that because of inheriting Derek Carr's contract and all the other issues the defense has. But last week I had to defend John Gruden's honor as a quarterback guru. And Derek Carr, who looked awful once they got off script in week one against the Rams, again, super talented team. He was 29 of 32. That really happened. 29 of 32. Remember people said, hey, and even John Gruden said, hey, we got to find Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, 10 catches, 116 yards. So Jordy Nelson still looks like he's a little bit washed. They're still using Martavis Bryant, which is the weirdest deal ever. He's supposedly going to be suspended, but in the meantime, he's just going to play for the Raiders. That's a game that they gave away. I thought the players gave away, even without a pass rush. But Derek Carr, 29 of 32, the quarterback guru living up to that billing. Tony Gonzalez is a Hall of Fame nominee. He's also a former Kansas City Chief. Can Patrick Mahomes be as good as he's looked in week one and two the rest of the season? We'll ask TG. The greatest tight end of all time joins us next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm. We d- we did tell you every once in a while we get something right. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't just simply coming up with it on my own. I mean, I talked to NFL people. Uh, we had on his college coach, Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury. We, we had on several times. It's been pointed out to us that uh, we've had other college coaches on. Like, look, if there's a guy who we think is going to be a Big Twelve quarterback to break through. In the NFL, Mike Gundy, who joined us earlier today, he joined us several other times telling us, dude, Mahomes, the real deal, just the real deal in terms of arm talent put together with the speed that Kansas City has put around him and the play calling and understanding of developing a quarterback of Andy Reid. It feels too good to be true, doesn't it? Doesn't the Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes thing feel good to be too good to be true? Because we've always told, hey, if any, if you're ever told something's ever too good to be true, it's usually because it is. Tony Gonzalez is the greatest tight end of all time. He was recently nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You can see him Sundays, NFL on Fox, and he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Tony, give me the flaw. There's got to be something I'm missing. What is it? Pat Mahomes in Kansas City, that thing seems too good to be true. Uh, Well, I mean, here's the one thing. I mean, he doesn't walk on water, at least not yet. Uh, He's not Aaron Rodgers just quite yet, but I I tell you what, after those first two weeks, he looks really good, and obviously, I'm rooting for him. I hope he can sustain this, and, and I think he can. He's first, well, he's, I'm sure you've already pointed it out before I came on, but he's surrounded by uh, obviously great coaching, Andy Reid, experience, been around Brett Favre, that that lineage, and then he's got all these playmakers. I mean, Tyreek Hill, uh, the the tight end, uh, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt. It, it's a great offensive line, a, a poor defense, so they're going to get a lot of chance to throw the ball because they're going to because the other teams are going to keep scoring, so they're going to have to keep scoring. He's going to put out – it looks like he's on his way to one of those legendary C 
seasons. And then one other thing, too, I think people, you, you point out, we point out all the things that he has, but one thing that he had last year, he was able to sit behind a quarterback named Alex Smith, who does not turn the ball over, who taught him all the secrets, and he could watch all that for a whole year underneath Alex Smith and say, you know, because people are saying he was a gunslinger, he's going to turn the ball over like Brett Favre did, and he's going to throw interceptions just like he throws touchdowns. But I don't see that. He's got no interceptions over these first two weeks. And he's looking, he's looking awfully good, man. I'm buying the hype right now. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid uh, until, until, it, until he falls down and sputters out. But until then, I'm going to enjoy this ride. All right, what about Ryan Fitzpatrick? We've, we've seen this before from Fitzmagic. We saw it um, in Houston. We saw it in Buffalo. Remember Buffalo, like four or five games in, they gave him a big deal. And like, oh, he really isn't really a starter. Um, we saw it in, in New York for an entire season, but then they gave him quasi-starter money and, and he was bad. Um, what about Tampa? Is this sustainable? What he's been able to do in Tampa? <laughs> he's that's a obviously he's got an amazing amazing talent. He's been in the league what fifteen years now. Uh, I'm trying to figure this guy out because you're right, man. He like has these amazing years and then and then fall, falls down. Uh, first of all, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I've been, I've really enjoyed it and. I, I don't know. If, too bad you, it's not television, but the people they should go out Google what he wore to the press conference after the oh, game. He looked like Conor McGregor. He's wearing D. Jax's clothes, <laughs> and he. I mean, and by now, if you're you, you you officially have stated you're not on social media if you haven't seen the picture of Conor McGregor alongside Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then he was asked afterwards, "Is any of that yours?" And he's like, yeah, "The chest hair is mine." Great, great answer. <laughs> you gotta love him. He, he's tell me he's won that locker room over and. And uh, he's won me over. He's back to that Matt Fitz magic. He's Fitz magic. He's Fitzpatrick to Fitz magic. Right now he's Fitz magic, and he's playing outstanding football. Right now James Winston coming back. There's no way. Yeah, people are like, what do you think? Do you think they sit him or come on? You don't. You don't. You don't take the Ferrari off the road when it's when they're when it's going around okay. and it's winning the race. Right now you have got to keep him in in the game. Have you have you ever been in one of these situations before where the backup comes in? He's better than the starter. Yes, I have been in one. Yes. I've been in one of these situations. I was in. Uh, uh, I, Had to be Kansas yeah, City, right? 1997, Kansas City. Elvis Gerback was our quarterback. We were 13 and three that year. He got hurt around eight games into it. Had did a, had a successful season, but then Rich Gannon came in and played lights out. We lost one game going into the playoffs. I think he went seven and one, and we were hot. And they went back and they and when we had that first round bye, they sat Rich Gannon for Elvis Gerback. We went out there and lost. Uh, to, to the to the Elway and the Broncos. That was when Elway went on that two-year run, uh, which probably wouldn't have happened if they would have just kept Rich Gannon in there and kept the hot quarterback in there. You don't you don't you don't mess with the streak. You know, it, it, you got to keep you got to keep Fitzpatrick in there until it, until he you know makes it. Where, so you have to take him out because even if football. even if you have this like decade career, it's it's not like this is the first we've seen of Fitzmagic, like. Even though you have like a decade to tell you he's more of a backup than he is starter, you you still start him and play out the streak. Yeah, you take it. Uh, same thing with Nick Foles. I mean, these guys can get hot. Once you get hot, there's no stopping you. I mean, it's you 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 played sports. So you remember how it is when you get in that zone and you're feeling like you can't be touched, and that confidence is at a level ten. Uh, you got the players around you; they believe in it, in you at a level ten. You, great things happen. It's a great place to be. Uh, and for whatever reason, Fitzmagic, it's in him right now. And uh, the sad thing is, I think, is why can't he sustain this? You know, why wasn't he able to do this throughout his whole career? Why is it so up and down? Uh, I mean, that's between him and his head. <laughs> but 
right now you got to ride it out. If I'm the coaching staff, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it just like just like you took Nick Nick Foles is kind of fell, falling back to earth now in this season. But he got hot when the when the time was right, and they won a Super Bowl out of it. So we'll see what Tampa can do with it. Tony Gonzalez joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Is it as simple as Eli Manning is washed, or is there are there other issues that have not allowed the New York Giants offense to get going? No, I think that front office and and uh, as far as offensive linemen, and maybe it's not even offensive linemen. I don't know. If, I'm sure you watched the game last night. And you heard uh, Chris Collinsworth comment on how they're not even getting beat physically. So, yeah, it's like just. From a scheme-wise, schematically, they're getting beat, and that's got to be frustrating for a quarterback. And, and of course, Eli, Eli, let's call it what it is. He doesn't look like the Eli of old. He definitely looks like the the window is closing. Uh, his throws are a little bit late, uh, but also it doesn't help when your offensive line can't pick up blitzes. Uh, it's very frustrating to watch because they got so much talent on that team, and and I still believe Eli can play. I, I think his best days are behind him. But he still can play and be effective. Uh, but he's, it's, it's hard when your line can't pick up stunts. Uh, you're watching the Minnesota Vikings play, and you feel like, well, maybe they're a maybe they're just a field goal kicker away. But look, Green Bay probably should have won that game. What's your assessment of the Vikings now that we've had two games to watch them with Kirk Cousins? I like him a lot. Uh, tell me, Kirk Cousins wasn't the answer. All the, the I love how he's silencing all the haters right now. He's playing outstanding. I, I've been a big Captain Kirk fan for a long time. Um, I, I believe it was absolutely worth the money, and he makes that team better than they were last year. They're, they're going to get this thing right. They are loaded on defense, obviously. Uh, offensively, they got a lot of players, too. I, I think they're going to be good. And, and you're right, though. Aaron Rodgers, that, I think that told more told me more about that game. But I came away from that game more surprised. Is obviously, Aaron is out there gimping along a little bit, but still played like a normal Aaron Rodgers, it looked like to me. Uh, I, I was surprised how good the Packers are. I mean, they look like they, they have a really good football team going for them as well. Uh, but I'm buying into the Vikings. I still say they're, they're the second-best team in the NFC, third-best team right there. They're, they're a power top five or whatever you want to call it. They're a good football team. Last thing, Tony, are you going to let me present you at the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I mean, I, listen, no. I, who present, no, who's going to present you? What would you say? Well, what would you say? Are you kidding me? I would tell all the stories about how the, the presence you had – at the Orange County All-Star Game and about how you, my dad never won Slam and Jam until you played with us. I just, and I'd, I'd talk about the, the, the type of, of movie star that eventually you want to become, and yet The Rock has taken your movie star career away. I would, I would say, I, I'm a great speech giver. You know this. Why not me? Who's it going to be? Well, you know, you, you paint a beautiful picture there, Doug. I'm going to think about it. But if it's not you, it will probably be my cousin or my son. We'll see. Fair enough. All right, Tony, thanks so much for joining us. Love the show on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock on Fox. Eli and the Giants are a great marriage that was coming to an end until they decided to have another baby. That's next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uncle Rob Parker is going to join us. Do you guys know that uh, Rob Parker and I almost worked together over the other place? You guys know that? This is, um, we'll ask Rob about it. Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. The show's called The Odd Couple. It debuts in, in its current time slot. It's already been a show on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends. At 7 Eastern Time, Four o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas follows our show in one hour. So 
If you're a guy that's interested in Monday Night Football, R.J. Bell, Jonas Knox, every day, every day, um, at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, for one hour leading up to kickoff all or tip-off or first puck or first pitch all around the country. That's straight out of Vegas every day. That show will be followed by our new full uh, daily show called The Odd Couple, which is Chris Broussard and our crazy uncle Rob Parker, who joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Rob's Rob's come a long way since we first worked together when he wrote for the Detroit News, had his own show in Detroit, right? I did. Okay, so I'm trying to think what you're now you're a professor at USC. You received an award this year from the National Association of Black Journalists. Got a good memory, Doug. Very good. Okay. what Do you remember the year it was up at the other place where we worked together and we like auditioned for like two weeks together? Yes. We did a show. What was that? Uh, game night. Game night on ESPN, and I do remember that. And uh, that might have been in the um, 2002 or three. No, I'm, I'm going to say it's like four or five. Okay, maybe four or and five. Then when did you start for, do first take? That was, that was Well, it used to be, was it first and ten See, I, Yeah, I first started doing um, cold pizza with yeah. Skip yep. and Jay Crawford out of New York. So that's where I first started, and then I went up there. I also did, you know what, uh, ESPN Classic. Oh, with classic. Josh Elliott. With Josh Elliott. I did yeah, that did show. You, I yeah, did that, that show, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we go a long way, Doug. It's, uh, and now here we are again. Here we are kind of back, we back we, together again. Yeah. You and, but you guys go using the odd couple, which I don't know how many people who are listening to the radio show remember the movie, the odd couple or the TV show, or the which TV is even show, more popular, the, the odd couple. But that's almost as dated as most of your references, but it is, are you and Chris that diametrically opposed to each other? We are. You know what? Everybody would think, Chris and I aren't that far off in age, right? And, uh, but we're we're two different cats. I mean, the thing with Chris is, and, and this is the great part about having a partner and somebody, you know this, Doug, when you have a partner, you want to have somebody you respect. And not that you have to agree with everything, but that you respect what right. he does and what he brings to the table. And we've known each other for over 20-some-odd years for a long time and have always been friendly. And uh, so it's great to actually do a show with somebody. And, and we don't take ourselves that seriously. All right, let me, let me give you a couple of takes, and you feel free to, uh, to disseminate, decipher, or even combat them any way you feel necessary, okay? Okay. I watched the New York Giants play last night, and I understand that some of the issues are the offensive line. Some of those offensive line issues, by the way, can be helped by, one, better personnel. I mean, like, you got a, a fullback who plays a couple plays and can't pick up in pass protection. But some of it is Eli's issue. And the more I watch, the more I'm convinced that they did what you shouldn't do when a relationship is failing, which is have another kid. Go get a running back. Right? The relationship had run its course. Eli won you two Super Bowls. I mean, the last general manager who was a good, pretty good one for a long time. The last head coach who was a quarterback guy. Heck, even Tom Coughlin essentially lost his job because of Eli. They, they've changed. This is their third coordinator now in the last what three and a half years. At some point, you got to realize that Eli Manning has run its course in New York, and the Giants. Not only could the Giants have gotten their quarterback of the future, they could have made the Jets trade look incredibly silly. Instead, now the Jets have hope in the Giants. They got all these great pieces, but they don't have a quarterback. He looks washed. 100%. Even before they did it, when they 
kept saying they were going to draft a running back, and I get it, Saquon Barkley. Everybody's all excited or whatever. But when you have that, when you play that poorly, Doug, and you have a chance to fill a spot, we're talking about a quarterback for the next ten or twelve or fourteen, whatever it is. It's not every day you you finish three and thirteen and get that pick. The Giants that's like one of their worst seasons ever in that team's history. So for them to pass on Sam Darnold or pass on any of those quarterbacks who were there, they made a colossal mistake. And the other part that's different in in most dynamics, most of the time you don't have two teams in the same city where you're able to see that guy. So if you're a Giants fan, you're going to see this guy week after week after week and say, how in the world did, did the Giants not draft him? And instead, they're living in the past. When you live in the past, what happens? You get burned. Yeah. And that's what happened. I don't know if that's actually an expression. I thought there was an expression coming No, there. no, no. In the past, you get, get burned. burned. I, I didn't know. I didn't, no, that was it. That I was it. No, I thought, I thought you were going to go with, like, you get, you get two eyes in the front of your head and no eyes in the back. No, but you, you always got to look but, forward. But, but you can't do that because we gave Eli the parades. He had the parades. I say this all the time. I would take Eli over, like, a, a Phillip Rivers any day. Phillip Rivers, very good for a long time. Can't win you anything in the playoffs, right? I'll take Eli, who's crappy during the regular season. He beat beat Indy on the road in the height of Peyton Manning's powers with a torn ACL. I mean, I don't think he didn't didn't have the pass rush that Eli had. Look look at what Eli did. Not only did he he, he win two Super Bowls, not on the back of anybody. He was the MVP twice, made two unbelievable throws in big spots, and uh, cut down the 18-0 Patriots. Yep. With Tom Brady and the whole nine yards. Why so do you hate Tom Brady? Let's, I don't. Why, I don't hate Tom you Brady. Kind of do hate. You I hate predicted. On Tom Brady. I predicted they were going to lose that game. I gave Skip thirteen points on that game Sunday. But but there's a lack of respect for Brady's career. No, that emanates from you. I think that Tom Brady's a great quarterback. They want me on WEEI in Boston tonight. You know that. Okay. But anyway. It's not that I don't respect him as a player. I just think that he's the luckiest guy I've ever seen. That's why I call him the load, not the goat, the luckiest of all time. And, Doug, hear me out. Hear my lucky. It's not that he doesn't do what he needs to do once the door is open for him. He, he performs. The tuck rule. Uh, he fumbles the football. Raiders should get it. That's the first Super Bowl that he won. Sure. Okay, so that's why I'm saying lucky. Okay. Uh, when they beat Carolina, tie score, John Casey, the kicker, kicks the ball out of bounds. At the 40, you move it up 25 yards. You have the best kicker in okay, Adam Vinatieri. you go through all the things that were fortunate for them. Yes. Right? Okay, but I mean, you but just, that's you, where, hold on, wait, well, hold on, hold on. You just said that he's lucky. Eli Manning has David Tyree catches a ball that he could never catch Previously and wouldn't catch afterwards. Like these, but the Manningham catch has nothing to do. That's not okay, lucky. Wes Walker has one go through his hands. Like you need a little bit of luck. If, if you've no, been but there, Tom Brady's had Tom, too much luck. Oh, that's what it is. Can I give you Seattle? You're at the he goes, one. He goes to one and a half yard He goes to a Super Bowl. He goes to a Super Bowl and he doesn't have Rob Gronkowski one year. Last year he goes to a Super Bowl and his his second best wide receiver gets concussed on the first drive. So he's had plenty of things go against him. He did come back from twenty-eight to three. He has been to eight Super Bowls. Like 
Do I think Aaron Rodgers is better? Sure. But I can't argue with the fact that he's been to eight and he's won five. I'm not saying that he – I'm not taking away that he's won, but all I'm saying yes, is – Yes, you are. I, no, I'm not. You absolutely are. I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm like, looking at it. I don't want to take away – that's like the guy goes, I don't want to – no disrespect, but something disrespectful is coming. No, it's not disrespectful. Hey, I don't want to sound like I'm a sexist, but whoa, no. something sexist is coming. <laughs> I don't want to take away from what Tom Brady has done – but you just took away from what Tom Brady's done. Because it always happens, Seattle at the one-and-a-half-yard line with Marshawn But how does that Lynch? have to do with him? He because, had just let his – did he lead his team on a touchdown drive to put them ahead? No, but that – Did but, he leave his team on a touchdown drive to put them ahead? So and that, the Atlanta so game, here you go. Doug, all I'm saying all is – All they have to do is run the football or take a knee. Take a knee, take a knee three kick times, a kick a field goal, you're up by 11. Agree. That's co- that's straight up a- lucky. Agree. And he was bad for the first three quarters, but he did win the game. He was. He was and terrible. He but for the fourth quarter, was he terrible? No, he was. Okay. I mean, so, like, look, I'm with you if you want to say he's had some good fortune. But he also, by the way, after the 18-1 and season, tore his ACL. He had, he had a championship team that even Matt Kassler could win 11 games with. That's right, how good and that not team make was. the playoffs. Right. right. And but, but So he has been lucky, but he's been maybe not equal parts unlucky. There's been some lack of, lack of luck. Uh, Rob Parker, the show is called The Odd Couple. It starts at 7 Eastern at 4 Pacific. He and Chris Broussard daily. New show on Fox Sports Radio. What do you make of Dak Prescott now that we've seen him the last year and a half or so scuttle a bit? I'm just not that impressed. Uh, even year one, a lot of things. They had a great offensive line. They had a great running back who had a great rookie season. Everything was set up for him. They won 13 games. Tip Very cap. lucky. He was lucky. But he was. But I look at it, and I just I even then I wasn't sold. I just think I, I, I just think he's okay. That's right. Game manager. Yes. But he's not a great quarterback. I don't think he's. People who went crazy over him his rookie year. That's why he wasn't the rookie of the year, right? I walked in this year thinking that the Chargers were like an understated version of the Rams. Right. The Rams had the bigger contracts, the bigger egos, bigger names, the bigger names. Uh, they're more. They they're a better fit for LA, and yet the Chargers were their equal. Now they haven't had Joey Bosa, who's as good as any defensive, and as there is in the NFL. To be fair to them, but the Rams appear to be a different level than the Chargers. They play this week in LA in the in the Coliseum. Am I wrong to think that? No, not at all. I was at the game yesterday. I I went to the Coliseum. I mean, it's just a a whitewash, and uh, they're so good. I see why a lot of people pick them. And, and like, I mean, if everything goes right, they have characters there that could go wrong awry yes. if things don't work out. Or they start to point fingers. They got a very young coach who apparently is all in and hopping around and dancing. What, what was that yesterday? Wasn't he like, uh, um, I saw the video, but I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. You sound like the oldest man in America. He's, he's doing that dancing. Yeah, he's I, doing I, a jigaboo. I, 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 with something. But well, I, he's, he's doing he's the electric in, he's slide. All in, he's all in with the players. We used to do the locomotive. <laughs> hey, you kids, get uh, off my lawn. Uh, Antonio Brown has this weird tweet. He gets an argument with, with coaches in the sidelines yesterday. He has this weird tweet today where somebody goes, yeah, you're just fortunate to be drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's like, all right, trade me then. What do you make of Antonio Brown that, p- punching down on social media? That's pretty weird. Just considering that he just, right? Uh, well, they're all, they're, they haven't won a game. And um, I, I don't know. That team always seems to bother me like everything but football. And now I think it's uh, it's really going to be bad because they're, they've looked absolutely terrible, right? They've always been able to kind of 
play through and win through, right, with all the distractions and all the other stuff going on. I don't know if they'll be able to do it this year. And uh, Le'Veon Bell, more power to him. Every day he's out and things. I remember, do you remember the – Emmitt Smith. Emmitt Smith with the Cowboys. Would they start 0-2 and and all of a sudden he got signed and won a Super Bowl that year. Um, So I'm not saying that they're ills. They can't stop anybody defensively. But when you don't have one of your pieces, it does make you – start to wonder about it. And, of course, the the running back who had the great game one. Against the Browns, yeah. Against James the Browns, Connors. right? James Conner, yeah. Uh, didn't have that kind of day. King came, came back down to earth. Uh, last thing, what do you do with Fitzmagic when James Winston comes back? Uh, Fitzmagic's plays. If he beats the Eagles, is it the Eagles this week, right? If he beats the Eagles and they start 3-0, and I mean, how, how in the world can you – well, he beat the well, Eagles. He beat the Eagles. Not the so, uh, next week. Who are they playing? I thought it was. Uh, they play on Mon- They play on Monday night to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Um, I don't know but how. The you- problem with Ryan Fitzpatrick starting. There's there's two different problems here. First thing is we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick ultimately get exposed. Like no, we clock, we have. Right. The clock will strike midnight. No, at we've some point. we've seen it. We've okay? seen it many times. And if you don't start Jameis, you run the risk of losing Jameis. Whereas if you start Jameis, you can always bring Ryan Fitzpatrick and be like, hey, this this ain't working. Are you sure you're going to lose him from the standpoint of it's hard for another player, and you as a former player, when someone's playing well, it's hard for you to argue about getting back on the no, it ain't. field. No? No, not, if not at all. Not, not at if all. you're the starting quarterback when, and you're making $20 pl- million. Dollars or but, he, but he's playing out of his mind. He's he, playing is playing great. Out of, he is playing out of his mind. Out Nick Foles played out of his mind last year in the playoffs, and the clock has struck midnight. Uh, the last last two weeks, it's been like, all right, Nick Foles, we're ready. Carson Wentz is back. No, I got it. I I got it. I mean, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm just not so so sure how much they love Jameis Winston. Be interesting to see. Last thing, if the show isn't going well, will you quit at halftime and then announce <laughs> on social media that you're retiring? <laughs> uh, no, that will not happen. You've been doing this a long time. Rob Parker is actually a lot older than he looks. He's actually a senior citizen. He's a great guy to have around because he gets the extra discounts. Don't, um, don't say that because that happened to me you, recently. Have you ever seen? Have you ever heard of somebody retiring at halftime and walking out in civvies? Uh, no, that's unbelievable. But it, only in Buffalo I could see that happening where you just one day decide, you know what, this is a waste it's of not, time. It's not even cold. It's not like cold no, outside. But it's just a, he realizes we're not going anywhere. Like this is, this is ridiculous. This is dumb. I'm wasting my time. I'm, a, I'm an older guy uh, running around in uh, tight pants and shoulder pads for making, waking... a couple, making a couple million dollars okay. I don't know I, I would have faked it for the rest of the game and then gone down with a mysterious hamstring injury but I can't believe you said that this about a couple weeks ago I go into a fast food restaurant to get a breakfast sandwich and I look at my receipt I'm like this is a little cheaper something didn't seem right it's a little cheaper than before you got a senior citizen this yes time. this cute chick gave me a senior citizen's discount I was so hurt Cause you know, I was thinking when I looked at her across, hey, you know, like I'm single, like she gives me a senior citizens discount. I look like her grandpa. Ah, oh, that hurt. Cra- he went from crazy uncle to crazy grandpa. Rob Parker, check him out. Odd couple upcoming in an hour and forty-five minutes. Robin, Chris, Broussard. Time to panic in New England. I'll ask a former offensive lineman and a former Patriot next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, three p.m. Pacific. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. 
Ross Tucker has his own podcast. Uh, it's a really, really good one. Former offensive lineman and a former New England Patriot offensive lineman at that. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Ross, uh, I, I, I want to not panic about the Pats. I really, really want to not panic about the Pats. But man, man, it makes it hard to not panic about the Pats because it doesn't seem like they have enough playmakers on offense. And obviously Josh Gordon, if right, might fix some of that and they'll get Julian Edelman back. But then defensively, they got lit up by Blake Bortles. And Blake Bortles didn't have his best running back, didn't have his best wide receiver. And it's Blake Bortles. Talk me down off of the cliff, if you will. Yeah, well, a couple of things. One is they've made, what, seven straight AFC championship games, and I feel like in at least three or four of those seven years, we've sat here and said, man, I don't know, they didn't look good, they got beat bad by the Chiefs in the opener last year, and then by the end of the year, they're always still there. So I think they'll at least still be in the AFC championship game, I actually thought yesterday, Doug, was more about the Jags than it was about the Pats. I mean, when the Patriots get Edelman back, when their running backs are all healthy, you know, we'll see what Josh Gordon can do. But I think they'll be fine. And they were pretty darn good the week before defensively against Deshaun Watson. Part of that is because the Texans have an absolutely dreadful offensive line, but I thought the Patriots, that was as good as their defense had looked in a while. I think that the Jaguars get a lot of credit. Their young receivers like D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole made some plays. They were aggressive, but let's see what happens in December. Don't hit the panic button yet because, frankly, every time we do, and I've done it a couple times over the last 10 years too, we always end up looking silly in the end. Uh, Okay, so let's go to the New York Giants. They're 0-2, and they seem to really, really be struggling. Um, talk Is there a reason to panic there? I, I feel like I'm watching Eli Manning. I know the offensive line is still kind of coming together, and that may not work. you got a fullback who misses a couple blocks in pass protection. But then just Eli Manning, captain check down, talk me down off of that. I'm not going to. I, I thought that was very, very disturbing on a lot of different levels. I mean, Doug, these were not like complicated, high-level blitzes. You know what I mean? They they were not – these should have been easily picked up. And several of them were the offensive line. Some of them were the backs, like you said. It's just – I'm I'm amazed that they were that poor picking up those blitzes. They took turns. I mean, it was Hernandez one. It was Flowers one. It's kind of remarkable to me that they had the issues that they had. But I would say the biggest concern, Doug, was actually Eli. You know, the one thing that I could always count on before from Eli was he looked good in the pocket, would get the ball, get rid of the ball quickly, didn't take sacks, didn't get hit. He was the opposite of that. I mean, he had that deer-in-the-headlights look the entire time. I thought that was very, very concerning I mean, he looks like he's done to me, Doug. And he hasn't played well in a while. And and maybe it's not all his fault because if he thinks he's protected, he's not going to be – like if he sees a guy blitzing but someone's supposed to pick that up, he's not going to be in a hurry up and get rid of the ball mode. But that still used to be one of his best strengths. And now he's taking sacks. 
dumping it off, taking hits. It's bad. Uh, what about the Dallas Cowboys? Is is this who they are? I mean, you know, Dak was fine. I've never been as big a buyer uh, of Dak as others are. Should be pointed out, you don't have your center, a really good one of the top couple centers in the NFL. That's going to change the dynamic offensive line. But, you know, and, and they don't have playmakers like they've had in the past, but I don't feel like Dak is all that dynamic. Am I missing something? No, you're right. Um, I will say their offensive line played better against Carolina, uh, and they kind of go as their offensive line goes. I don't know how many games they're going to have where, you know, Dak Prescott starts it off with a bomb to Tavon Austin. I don't really picture that happening all that much this season. So, you know, without that, what, they score 13 points Mm -hmm. against the Giants defense that isn't very good. So, I mean, I don't think either one of those teams are very good. I mean, that, that's probably one of the best things that the Eagles have going right now, Doug, is not just that Wentz is back, but I don't really picture anybody else in their division being better than 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, the Redskins pulled off one of the most Redskin moves ever to have a dominant win on the road in the opener, and then you come back home and, you know, you look that bad against the Colts at home. Typical Redskins move. And what we've seen from the Cowboys and Giants isn't very impressive. So that's probably one of the best things the Eagles have going. I don't, I don't picture any of those other teams being better than eight and eight, maybe nine and seven at best. Uh, what about uh, what about the Minnesota Vikings? Obviously, they had to make a change at field goal kicker, and they go in and bring one of the most accurate kickers, if if right, uh, that we've seen in the league in the last decade. But that was a big game for Kirk Cousins. Does it look like they made the smart upgrade after watching him against the Packers? Absolutely. I mean, his deep throw to Stephon Diggs was amazing. That last drive got overshadowed a little bit by the Clay Matthews penalty. But Cousins, I mean, that touchdown throw to Thielen was incredible. I mean, yeah, they're giving him $84 million fully guaranteed over the next three years. And at least in that game and in the fourth quarter of that game, he looked like he was worth every penny. I mean, they should have won the game you know, two or three times. I still can't believe the kicker missed the 35-yarder at the end of the game, and he's gone now. Fifth-round pick, what a waste. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, people talk all the time about how hard it is to scout quarterbacks. It's really hard to scout kickers because you really don't know how they're going to do when it's Lambeau Field and the game's on the line. Some of those guys, it doesn't seem to bother them. Other guys, Wow. Uh, and we saw that in Cleveland and in Minnesota. So disappointing. I, I You know, I love football, Doug. It, it's always bothered me, though, the level of importance, especially in the NFL, in the college level as well, but especially in the NFL, that kickers have. I, I've always thought it was like a flaw in the sport. I mean, you know, we got 45 dudes running around, killing each other for three hours, and then the game comes down at the end to a guy that, you know, played soccer in high school. No offense, but I mean, come on. It's just, it's ridiculous. But, but that, that is the way in which the sport is spoken like a true offensive lineman. Ross Tucker joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. What happens in Tampa when Jameis is uh, eligible to play? Ryan Fitzpatrick stays in there. I mean, Jameis Winston has never played as well as he played the last two weeks. So what's interesting now, Doug is obviously, if he keeps playing well, he's in there. The real question, I think, becomes 
how poorly can Fitzpatrick play and Cutter keeps him in there? Like, if he has a really bad half, does Cutter pull the trigger? If he has a bad game, does Cutter say, okay, it's just one bad game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another shot? That's what's going to be fascinating now, because obviously they have a lot invested in Winston, but, you know, Fitzpatrick's kind of proving to the whole organization and to the coach, like, Fitzpatrick is showing ownership that the rest of the team is good and that the coaches know what they're doing. You know, he's like the, he's like the, um, the pet project in, in school where the teacher can say, see, I know what I'm doing. Johnny has all the answers, right? The other kids just aren't putting the time in. Johnny knows what he's doing. Right now, Fitzpatrick's making everybody else in the organization look good, and he's doing it for very, very cheap compared to the over $20 million fifth-year option for Jameis next year. Yeah, th- that said, though, we've seen the Fitz magic before, and eventually the magic runs out, doesn't it? Well, they say that, but, you know, go back and look, right? He's never really been on a good team, Doug. I mean, tell me the team that he was on that should have been in the playoffs. The best team I guess he had was the Jets a few years ago. They went 10-6, and six, and I look back on that team. They were not a great team. And Revis played terrible in the last game. Fitzpatrick in the wind in Buffalo, I was at the game. He didn't play real well. And so everybody just puts all of that on him. But they were 10-6. and six. A lot of others, other years that gets you in the playoffs. But the other teams he's been on, like in Buffalo or O'Brien's first year in Houston, these were not good teams. I mean, this is the best team he's ever been on, at least from an offensive skill position standpoint. Their defense still isn't that great. So I don't know. Let's see how long the let's see, let's see how long the magic can last with him in an offense that he loves with all kinds of skill players. I, I think that I'm not saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. I think Fitzmagic might go for a long time, maybe even the whole season. That's the interesting. Yeah, Ross Tucker joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so we haven't talked about the Rams, and I know it's only the Arizona Cardinals. They, along with the Bills, probably the two worst teams in the National Football League. But, man, the Rams, you look at the second half against the Raiders where they flex their muscles, and you look at all four quarters – uh, against against the Cardinals, and I, I know that it could go bad in a hurry with some of those personalities and one-year contracts, but it seems to not be going bad initially. Is it the Rams NFC and everybody else is just going to have to figure out how to catch up to them? I don't know that I'd go that far. I, I think that right now they probably are the front runners because the Eagles have you know had a bunch of injuries. I mean, the Eagles are throwing the ball yesterday to guys like Kamar Aiken and Josh Perkins. I mean, they've had a bunch of injuries, and the Vikings' offensive line is still a concern. So I do think that the Rams are in front right now, but I don't know that I'd say they're way in front. Uh, I think you're right about some of the combustible personalities, which is why I think it is important that they continue to play well because you wonder how those guys will be when, when things go south or when adversity hits. But you're right, so far so good, and they seem to me to have a bunch of guys on that team that when things are going well, those guys are really, really going to be flying high like they were on Sunday. They just have a really talented group. I will say this, though, Doug, I'm, you know, if we're talking quarterbacks, I'm still taking Wentz and Cousins over golf all day, any day. 
I think I think golf's a nice player. I don't I don't think he's a top ten quarterback. I think he benefits greatly from the talent around him and Sean McVay. And so we'll see. I, I still think in the playoffs that there are some quarterbacks there that I have more faith in coming through in the clutch moments in the fourth quarter than Jared Goff. Seattle taking on the Bears. Seattle looking like they're in rebuild mode, and the Bears feel like they've rebuilt their defense. My question is more about Trubisky. Boy, I thought he got exposed in the second half going back to last week. I thought first week when they were on script, the first game, first game when they were on script, they were great. But when they went off script, Nagy couldn't, couldn't, couldn't help him. Which is the real Mitch Trubisky? The one on script that was great or the one off script to which they couldn't move the ball against the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, I'm going to say the off script, Doug. I'm I'm not a believer in Trubisky yet. He did look awesome early in that game. You're right. But I just haven't seen enough from him yet. Um, I, I know they've built this whole thing around him. They bring in Khalil Mack. They've got excellent skill position talent around him. And maybe it's just going to take a little bit of time because he didn't start or play that long in North Carolina. But I'm not sold on him at all yet. I think that they win tonight just because, I mean, the Seahawks don't have their two linebackers, Wagner and K.J. Wright. Doug Baldwin's not playing. But I'll I'll admit it's not easy for me to pick a Mitchell Trubisky team to beat a Russell Wilson team, especially in primetime. But at home, Bears home opener, uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But – I'm kind of with you on Trubisky. He's, uh, I'll believe that one when I see it. Um, okay, now you have something called the ball cannon. I have a nine-year-old who he does catch with those gloves on. He, he's like, uh, who had the catch yesterday? Uh, Keelan, Keelan Cole. Cole. Keelan yeah, he's Cole. like, my son's not quite Keelan Cole for nine, but those gloves sure do help. Uh, tell me about this ball cannon. Yeah, Doug, we should talk because you should absolutely get one. It's a guy from my hometown that invented it, and now, like, I took my daughters through uh, Buffalo Bills facility recently to show them where Daddy used to work, and they had one there. I mean, the Bills have one in the training room for the guys rehabbing and outside for the fans at the Fans Fest. I think, like, six NFL teams have them. Meanwhile, it's the only thing I can do with my kids that actually gets them off their iPads. The only thing I know that if they're on their iPad, I'm like, hey, you want to go outside and shoot the ball cannon? They love it. So it's just like, a, for people who don't, haven't seen it, it's just like a jugs machine. It's a football throwing machine, mm-hmm. but what's awesome about it is there's a delay feature on it. So you can actually just, you know, your son can do it by, by himself when you're on the radio or you're calling a college basketball game or whatever. People love it. And I tell people now, just check out the videos. Just go to, just Google ball can. Or go to, I mean, there's kids like doing front flips, jumping off diving boards. I saw one guy catching it in the open window of a, car that's probably not a great idea but uh, it's pretty awesome just to check out the uh the videos people are doing all kinds of trick shots and your son that'd be a great way for him to practice practice the odell catches that's awesome stuff it's called the ball cannon ross tucker's football podcast downloaded you'll learn a lot about football i know i do ross great stuff man talk soon anytime doug see you man let's get you to uh dan buyer find out what else a lot of stuff going on yeah in sports, what do you got? Lots of comings and goings, especially in the National Football League. Goodbye, Cleveland. 
Hello, Foxborough. The Browns traded wide receiver Josh Gordon to the Patriots for a fifth-round pick. New England in the move also released wide receiver Corey Coleman. The Patriots will receive a late-round pick if Gordon doesn't appear active in at least 10 regular season games this season. So Cleveland getting a fifth-rounder for Josh Gordon but would have to send a seventh back to New England if that is the case with Gordon not playing in those 10 games. Bills running back LaShawn McCoy day-to-day with a rib injury. More news injury-wise. Apparently, Browns kicker Zane Gonzalez had a groin issue. Still kicked yesterday, missed an extra point against the Saints. It could have put them in the league late. Today, they sent kicker Greg Joseph and are saying goodbye to Gonzalez with an injury designation. Speaking of kickers, Vikings releasing Daniel Carlson today. He went 0-3 against Green Bay yesterday. Eagles wide receiver Mike Wallace expected to miss the rest of the season with an ankle injury. Oh, and the Eagles named Carson Wentz their starting quarterback for Week 3 against the Indianapolis Colts. Ohio State and coach Urban Meyer reinstated after his three-game suspension. Ohio State faces Tulane coming up on Saturday. They'll be without defensive end Nick Bosa, who's got a groin and ab injury that cost him the second half of their win over TCU this past weekend. Doug? The big win by The Ohio State University. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Phillip Rivers is far from finished, but not in the way you think. I'll explain next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. True price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next vehicle visit true car you'll enjoy more confident car buying experience the press rj bell and jonas knox have a new show it's called straight out of vegas it starts in 12 minutes right here in the doug gottlieb show followed by another new show the odd couple chris broussard and crazy rob parker let's get to not so not so crazy not so crazy Dan Byer, what do you got, Dan? I would like to say, Doug, I am on record that leading into the 2017 draft, I said there's no way Patrick Mahomes would be good in the NFL. I did say I didn't. I was like, Texas Tech air raid offense was not a believer at all. I'll I'll say, listen, when I saw him, I I watched him a bunch in college. I'm a Big 12 guy. um, And I thought, man, his footwork's not good. He's kind of sloppy. And everyone I talked to is like, you're exactly right. But the ball, he's a he's actually a really good athlete. Just the ball comes out of his hands uh, like, you know, five people on earth it comes out of his hands. Sure. And, and very smart, hard worker. So if he sat his first year and refined some of those footwork issues, then he's got a chance to be special. All of those things took place. So anyway. Well, the, right. I was uh, I was I was wrong. I'll just put it that I, way. I was yeah. so I was wrong about the footwork being an issue. I still think there's gonna be some turnovers where he tries to force a ball. Here or there, but man, can he throw it? The Cleveland Browns are throwing Josh Gordon to the New England Patriots. They're getting a fifth-round pick in return. The deal was done today with New England letting go of Corey Coleman. Gordon must play in at least 10 games for New England or be active in at least 10 games. Otherwise, the Browns have to send a seventh-rounder back to the Patriots. So Corey Coleman's been cut by the Browns, the Bills, or traded by the Browns, the Bills, and the Patriots all in the last month. Okay. Tough world, dude. That's a tough world. Um, That's pretty cool. I'm fascinated. Oh, it's not. I'm fascinated. <laughs> Damn, Barkley. I'm fascinated to see if this Josh Gordon thing works. All right? they, that's New England is the number one team in the league at at working off of the the waiver wire. And I know he wasn't a waiver wire deal. I thought my best tweet of the weekend though was, "Hey, Todd Haley might start Josh Gordon, even though he's he's been 
He's been inactive just because, you know, he started him the week before. You like that? Going to be interesting. Buccaneers head coach Dirk Cutter wouldn't comment on whether Jameis Winston would be the starting quarterback when he returns from suspension in week four. Mm. I I just think that we've seen this Ryan Fitzpatrick thing, and we know that at some point, we know it's going to happen at some point, right? Like, eventually, it strikes midnight, and she's back in a tattered dress, and it's really a pumpkin. Uh, I would just hate for it to be after they've sat Jameis Winston, you run the possibility of losing Jameis Winston. I still think Jameis is going to start. Um, and you start against the you're going to start against the Bears. I mean, remember if you're going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're going to play him against the Bears on the road. Very good defense. Falcons on the road. Very good defense. So good luck with that. Chargers are on the winning track after beating the Bills yesterday. One game winning streak. Yeah, quarterback Philip Rivers told oh, the Dan wow. Patrick Show today that he has unfinished business. We were uh, trying to uh, bet on how many kids you have now. I went with eight. You nailed it. Are you done? No. Heck no. Hopefully not. <laughs> well, I should talk to your wife. Does your wife know that you want to have more? Oh, yeah. She's all, she's all in. Your boy, Philip Rivers. Uh, he is, he is, he's going to go down as the most productive quarterback in the history of the game. When you combine on and off the field, that guy has been, yeah. The, the difference, he can name all of them. And now he's got built-in babysitting. That's the big thing. Now he's got built-in babysitting. He should have just named them after Rivers in the U.S. Like, here's Mississippi, here's Colorado. That's very good. Yeah. Next time we have him on, we'll point that one out. Here's <laughs> a run out of Rivers. Yeah. I got to go international. Yeah. Touchdown, Rio Grande Rivers. That would have been great. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Well, you can name uh, one Rio, right? Yeah. You can name Mississippi. Yeah. Missouri, Missouri or Missouri, yeah. if you're one yeah. of those people, right? What are the three rivers in Pittsburgh? The uh, was it the Olatangi, uh, the Monongahela? Yes, Monongahela would be a great name for a little girl. <laughs> and uh, I'm blanking on the third. Uh, hey, how about this? Uh, the, the the Allegheny, yes, the Monongahela, and uh, the Ohio River. Oh, the Ohio. Yeah. I thought it was the Olatangi. Uh, one for three. Huh? Uh, like a lot of my picks this weekend. Uh, the father of UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson, critical of Bruins head coach Chip Kelly, tweeting, quote, it is all about the coaching, lousy coaching, and play calling, coaching that is so bad that it demands close practices. He's a million-dollar coach who bears no responsibility for the team's 0-3 start. He also called Kelly's tenure at Oregon, quote, simply a fluke, end quote. Wow. Uh, yeah. Is, your- is Vontae Davis running the music? Did he just leave? Yeah. What, what, <laughs> well, I I cannot believe what his dad his dad tweeted out. Like, what are you doing? What what are you? You're getting a chance to start as a freshman, dude, at UCLA. Yeah, they're they're bad. I'm I'm not going to sit here and go they're good. But Dorian Thompson Robinson, what is your dad doing? First of all, it's it's not Chip's fault that Dorian Thompson. Robinson missed so many throws, especially in his first game, a winnable game. But he also won 20 games his first two years in the NFL. That's not a fluke. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. The reason these guys make so much money is they're going to be around and you're not. Wow. The entitlement issues of parents because a kid was good at Bishop Gorman in high school and that's like USC people. Do I think they're doing a great job at USC? No, but they did win the Pac-12 the last two years. Did they not? Did they not? All right, new shows start up coming next. Enjoy them. Back tomorrow 
I'm taking the Seahawks on the road. It's Doug Gottlieb show. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.